Hey, high school hockey fans. Welcome to the opening edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I'm Mike Hammett, along with my, the usual panel of Burglar, Bill Jr., Trasher, and Dell. We're not in mid-season form yet, but we'll do the best we can. We have a guest tonight, and Mr. Trasher who's able to go out and get us a guest. And uh, Michael, introduce her and uh, talk to her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I ran right. out of things to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tonight we have Brianna Seibel. Um, she coaches with Team Wisconsin on the, in the pre-post, and she is this year coaching with the Stillwater Minnesota Ponies. Welcome, Brianna. How is it going so far this year? Um, It's going good. We had a good TW season, so that's always good going to the high school season. It looked like you, uh, your team was pretty successful. I think the the record listed on the website was like thirteen nine and eight. Uh, that's that's good record. Uh, what was the competition that you played against? You play against a lot of good teams. Um, yeah. So we actually played. I think. Gosh, I don't even. I don't know. Someone's gonna correct me on this if I say it wrong, but. We played maybe like three of the top 10 teams in the United States, which um, if you know anything about tier one hockey, you know that all the Minnesota teams, like the Minnesota elite teams, they're always, you know, like top 10, even top five. Um, So we played them. We had quite a few weekends up here in Minnesota. And then um, we played in a turn. We go down to Illinois and play mission. They're, Again, um, I think they're ranked number two for 19s this year right now. So we played Mission. Yeah, they're number two. We played Shattuck. They're ranked number one. We played Elite White, all the Elite League teams. Um, We went up to Detroit, played teams down there, or up in Detroit. Um, We played Gentry. We played Culver. Uh, So, yeah, we had a tough season. And actually, I was looking back on the TW... Um, website and it looks like this is the best season that the 19s have had in a long time so that was awesome for the girls to get and eight ties is ridiculous <laughs> um just imagine if those could have been wins we could have really had a good record oh undoubtedly uh looking at the the stat sheet for tw and uh there's some very familiar names at the top maddie jablonski from uh fox cities she was uh won the state title last year with her team the stars uh hadley malcolmson mj has seen her play a little bit she's a very good player uh the Knopf, I, the Knopf sisters, he knows them very well because they play for Rock County. And you have a couple of good goalies in the, the Pistol and Abigail Severson. Tell us a little bit about some of those players. Yeah, so, well, first off, our goaltending this season was ridiculous. I think Pistol was sitting at about a 95%, and Abby was at about a 92%, which is, like, they, we. I mean, we played... Shattuck has 20 Division One kids and, like, three, four national team players on it. So if you're going from Wisconsin high school hockey and playing against those kids and able to keep a 95 and a 92, like, that's unbelievable. But, um, you know, we did have – we got Maddie. We got Hadley, super great players. 
we got Annika Horman from Fox Cities too. Um, but what was really cool about our team this year is that we did have a lot of depth. We were actually able to roll four lines all season long. Um, and we do have some younger defenders that are actually first year U16s that were playing on our U19 team. And they played awesome. And like, you know, even the girls that weren't on the stat sheet getting points, they were making huge plays for us and just getting the puck out, getting the puck deep or um, like back checking really hard and saving a goal or just like penalty killing and blocking big shots. Like all those kids that don't normally, you know, get mentioned or aren't showing up on the stat sheet, they all actually had such a big role. Um, But yeah, Maddie Jablonski had... Big goals for us. Hadley Malcolmson, um, super deceptive, just natural goal scorer. Um, Hannah Colpeen, she's a new name that you guys will see this year. She actually is a Caps kid, played for the Madison Caps last year. And now she's going to be in the Metro Lynx team this year. Um, super fast skater, just goes out there and causes trouble for the other team. We got Lindsay McLean. She's from Arrowhead. We just so many, like, good hard-working team players and that's why we had success is because they just worked so 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 hard and they were really all about the team and not about themselves so let's talk about team let's uh let's go behind the bench um you are working with a guy that i think mj knows by the name of dave Whitting. Tell us a little about about Dave, and I think uh, Jeff Jablonski is also coaching on that team. (laughs) Yeah, so it's funny because every rink that you go into, no matter where we are, Dave knows somebody. We'll be, like, up in Detroit or, like, in Canada. You are so true. You are so right. (laughs) Go anywhere. He knows somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, honestly, you can never say enough good things about him because he's been around. He's been around the game of hockey longer than I've been alive. Um, (laughs) But but like credit to him because the game keeps evolving and growing and he's been able to keep up with it. Um, But he's you know, he's just a big team guy, really makes everyone feel included. He has a really good way of um, relating to the girls and. you know, he can, he's, he's, he's blunt, but he doesn't do it in a personal way. So no one ever takes it personally. You know, he just communicates with the kids really well. And then um, on the defensive end, we had Jeff Jablonski and that's Maddie Jablonski's dad, if you don't know. Um, he played division one hockey somewhere I don't remember where but he did a fabulous job with our defenders in my opinion our RD I would say were some of our most improved players all season long um and you know like I said earlier they might be not be showing up on the stat sheet but a lot of the times we were able to hang into these games you know you look at our schedule we were we weren't scoring a ton of goals, but we weren't getting scored on. And that's credit to like our third, our fourth line, our great goaltending, our defensemen that, um, you know, they were, Jeff is constantly t- like giving them tips every single shift on how to 
how we should be doing things, you know, play inside the dots, keep her here, whatever, da da da. And at the end of the season, you could really see our growth and our defensemen were really young. And we lost Charlotte back there last year and she was huge for us. And um, so those defensemen had some big shoes to fill. But clearly, you know, they came together and did a good job. Now, I'm sure that uh, moving across the border to, to coach over in Minnesota, you played for a lot of years over there. You know a lot of people over there. Um, I'm sure it's kind of tough. You know, you built a pretty good rapport with your kids over at uh, Western Wisconsin the last couple of years. Uh, how how difficult has the transition been, and uh, how do you, how is it going for you over at Stillwater? Um, the transition honestly has not been difficult at all. Um, it's awesome because I have really good kids. You know, we have a full JV team, a full varsity team. You know, we've got a goaltending coach. We've got, uh, three JV coaches, three varsity coaches. Um, and it's led by, um, Mira and I do not know how to say her name, last name because she's Finnish. Um, but she was the captain over at the golfers and she was on the Finnish Olympic team. Um, and she has done a fantastic job. Like she is so organized. She is so knowledgeable. Um, so when you're under someone with like that type of leadership, I just feel super grateful to get to learn from her and get to, you know, be involved with her and, um, the other coaches there are also awesome and the kids are fun. You know, I don't have anyone, I would never even know that it's not where I grew up playing. So, well, it's not too far from where you grew up playing. So, I mean, it's not like you moved out to North Dakota or something like that. But, uh, well, we wish you the best of luck again. Um, you do a great job as a, a coach for the high school squad and uh, a great ambassador for for TW. And uh, one thing I almost forgot about. Uh, don't you do a, something with USA Hockey as well? Yeah, um, I am a coach developer for USA Hockey. So that means that I co- that I teach um, the coaching education program classes when I have time. <laughs> but um, if you'll be at the one in Wisconsin Dells this weekend, level two or three, I'll see you there. But, yeah. All right. Uh, our guest tonight has been Brianna Seibel, uh, coaching with TWU-19s and the Stillwater Ponies over in the Minnesota Hockey League. Uh, thanks for being with us, Brianna, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. Yeah, thanks. All right, MJ, I'll pass it back to you. Okay, thank you very much, Michael, as we uh, got to hear from Brianna Seibel tonight. And... Uh, we will go ahead and get going with the rest of the show. Always good to have a guest, isn't it, guys? Okay. Maybe. No, it no, it is. I mean, it it adds a little bit, and I'm sure that people uh, just don't want to listen to us. Uh, right. The, yeah, the farther into the season we go, the more important it is to have guests because I'm sure people get tired of hearing us babble. Okay, I would agree. I'll, I'll buy that. 
Okay. Uh, we got some game recaps. Burglar and Junior had a little father-son outing at the Gobbler Cup, guys. Yeah, and uh, being the first game of the year that we both attended, neither of us was prepared for just how cold it was going to be in the Mozanie Ice Arena that day. Um, because it was 34 outside, but it couldn't have been more than 15 in that rink. Um, we planned on being at the Gobbler Cup on both Friday and Saturday for both days. Uh, we both ended up sick on Saturday. Uh, so that didn't happen. Uh, but we were there Friday uh, to kick off the Gobbler Cup. Uh, opened up with Hayward and uh, the University School of Milwaukee. And it was a pretty close game for the first period or so on the ice. Uh, no scoring for 43 minutes. But by the time the third period rolled around, the, the ice was heavily tilted in the favor of the Hayward Hurricanes. Um, both uh, Jersey Pettit and um, Alex Pieterek uh, were significantly faster than their opponents, and, and they made uh, the USMD really work. Uh, Pieterek had Hayward's only goal of the game uh, with just a few minutes left in regulation. Uh, she came up the near side boards, uh, chipped the puck past a pinching defender, and the center ice defender was just uh, too slow uh, getting back, uh, leaving her with about 114 feet of uncontested ice on her way to the goalie. Uh, who she beat uh, to give Hayward that one to nothing win uh, in the opener. Uh, the Storm followed it up against um, the Eau Claire area Stars, and that game was close on the scoreboard, but for the first two, two and a half periods, the Storm really took it to the Stars. The Stars managed six shots across the first two periods in that game, uh, but in the third period, it was the ice was tipped heavily in their favor, um, out shooting the storm eleven to six, and with just um, just under four minutes left in uh, regulation, though sorry, just about eight minutes left in regulation, uh, the stars Lauren Carmody tied it up uh, to send it into overtime. Um, there was a penalty in overtime that got the stars fans all hot and bothered because it was a tripping penalty on their goalie, uh, but from where I was sitting, it was well earned. Uh, but they managed to kill that off, ending the overtime tied at two. Uh, so it went to a shootout, which I didn't keep stats on because they don't count. Uh, but the Storm won the shootout 4-3 to three, uh, overall, uh, setting up the, the championship game for the next day. Uh, the Storm came back and beat Hayward in the championship game 2 to nothing. Uh, Macy Steppen and uh, McKenna uh, Kazor had the two goals for the Storm. And... Um, Eau Claire beat the University School in the Constellation game 4-1. to one. Um, So that was the Gobbler Cup, Gobbler Cup in Mosinee, um, which is, was, like I said, way colder than I expected it to be. Burglar, how'd you like that, working your camera with no gloves on? I had one glove on. Uh, but anyway, it, it, it was good. Well, I, I kept my hand in my pocket a lot. Um both team or let's see, all four teams. Um, just what we know, what we know typically about Hayward, Central Wisconsin, uh, University of Illinois, Either the team because it's early in the season, uh, maybe the defenses were uh, working better uh, than their offenses were because um, there wasn't a whole lot of offense in either of the two games we saw. Uh, there could be you know strong defense, which I know these coaches all. Uh, practice you know strong defense but there was none of the teams were able to get any 
uh, sort of action going towards the nets at all. Um, you know, the, 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 the Hayward goal, uh, you know, it, it was like the one breakaway opportunity, um, you know, like Bill said, and it was just, yeah, strong defense, uh, not a whole lot of offense in the two games that we saw. Yeah, it always felt to me like, I don't know, the, the players were going for the Normandale and Hoosiers style of gameplay where you got to make five passes before you're allowed to take a shot. Because um, it just felt like they were trying to make one or two too many shots uh, when they were in the offensive zone, whereas I am a throw-the-puck-at-the-net-and-hope-for-the-best um, kind of guy. So I was, you know, I think they probably would have been better off just throwing the puck at the net sometimes and hoping for a good rebound rather than trying to make those extra passes. It's too early in the season to be that fine with your passing. Tell you. You had a chance to go catch up with Medford taking on the Badger Lightning. Yes, MJ. I made it the trip over to Poppy Waterman Ice Arena in Lake Delton, where Medford had traveled down to take on the Badger Lightning. And it, figured it was going to be a fairly decent game. Uh, Medford this season is kind of in the boat that Badger Lightning was last year, where Medford only had nine skaters and two goalies compared to the Lightning actually having 15 skaters this year. And it was a very close game, especially through the first two periods. It was a one-goal difference at the end of the first period. Puck was going up and down the ice. Uh, Second period, uh, the other team scored one more then and ended up at a 4-4 tie at the end of two periods. And the Lightning basically took advantage of their – uh, endurance there in the third period, being able to put in three straight goals to go up seven to four. Uh, Medford come back late, put in a goal, but you know, just too late in the game for them to be able to make a comeback. But Emily Schaefer for Medford Raiders scored all four, scored four of the five goals for the Raiders while. The Lightning had a little more balanced attack, had two goals from, uh, double check on this, Kayla Kaepner had two goals, Bella Bowden had two goals, while Bailey Babcock ended up with four assists in the game. Uh, Very good game, you know, lots of scoring if that's what you want to see on the ice, but it it was a good game and a good start for the season for both of them. And with that, I'm going to toss it back to you, MJ. Toss it back to me. All right. Well, I'll see if I can catch it here. Oh, yeah, of course I can. Uh, Players of the Week, Burglar. We got a boys winner and we have a girls winner. And as we do every week, we uh, go ladies first. So who's our girls winner? Do we do that every week? I thought we alternated them. But since it's the first one, I'll believe you, and we'll go ladies first. Ladies first. Okay. On the girls' side, then, from the Metro Lynx, Sydney Raths. Um, on Saturday, well, actually, these, well, since, you know, this is our first one, this isn't strictly the following. This is all games played before today. Um, on Saturday, the 23rd, she had Four goals and four assists in a 10-3 win over the Icebergs. And the following Saturday, 
she had a goal and three assists in a 14-4 win over on Alaska. So from the Metro Lynx, Sydney Raths is our girls player of the week. On the boys' side, we have Max Smith from Amory. Uh, Amory, they played after Thanksgiving. On Friday, they played uh, Ashland. They won the game 7-2, to and Mr. Smith was involved in all of the scoring. He had three goals and assisted on the other four. And on Saturday, they played uh, St. Paul Highland Park, also won 7-2, and Max Smith had a goal and three assists. So providing a big part of the scoring for Amory was Max Smith, our boys' player of the week. A Division Two player yeah. also. You know. Yes, that's true. We're not going to forget that Division Two exists. Well, that doesn't, it doesn't really count until the... Uh, once once it comes playoff time, that's, I mean, until then, everybody's just, you know, hot. well, I suppose we have our, never mind, we'll get to that. You know, as I was looking here about uh, Sydney Raths, look at the goals that the Metrolink scored, 10, 14. This may be a team we keep an eye on this year. It looks like they can fill it up. Granted, these two teams weren't, you know, like the Storm and teams like that, but still, that's that's a lot of goals. Okay, Junior, I see you're nodding your head. All right, you agree with me. Next week's uh, games of the week. Michael, tell us, what do we got? All righty. We're going to go from uh, the, the players of the week, and it sounds like uh, – but the only thing that Mr. Smith didn't do was go to Washington. Uh, pretty good effort for him last week. Uh, we'll start out with the boys' side, the, the game of the week next week, and that will be featuring Verona and Madison West. That game will take place at MIA Madison Ice Arena at 7.30 on Friday. Nadell will be down there to report on that Early season Big 8 battle. It should be a good one. Verona has uh, historically been very strong. Madison West has been up and down a little bit. Um, they lost a couple of key players. Uh, can't think of the kid's name right offhand. Drew, uh, the, the really good forward. Alzheimer's is kicking in. But uh, we'll see. You know, it's that Madison battle down there, you can almost – sometimes throw out the records because they're they're pretty tough customers and they play tough against each other. And on the girls' side, it'll be... Or, or, some... else, or else you can throw out the records because they've only played a couple of games so far. <laughs> well, you can do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so 0-2 right now isn't that bad, or how, whatever they're at. Uh, and on the girls' side, it'll be Central Wisconsin Storm will be playing at... Wisconsin Valley Union. That game will be at Ice Hawks Arena in Stevens Point. And that is a Tuesday contest at 7 o'clock, and I will be there to cover that game. And that will be also the, the bench bosses for that game will be two former teammates on the coaching staff, uh, Pete Susans for Central Wisconsin and Dan Bauer for Wisconsin Valley Union. So that should be a good one, too. Uh, Storm has historically been pretty strong. Um, Valley Union, 
they've lost some players, but they have Pistol Cowden and that. And as Brianna had talked about earlier, she's been lights out this year. So she can definitely, I know Burglar is probably going to shake his head at this one, but possibly steal a game or two. I see you shaking your head there, buddy. <laughs> so that's that's what I have. Those are the games of the week for next, or this week, actually. Uh, back to you, MJ. Pistol Cowden. What's is that really her first name? Her I first name is Mark. I was gonna say it's Margaret. 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 Yeah. But but yep. they call her Pistol. Yep. Okay. Yep. She's uh, been a pretty good goalie from the jump. So uh, and if <laughs> if you have a 950 save percentage against some of the best girls in the United States, uh, you're doing a good job. So that should be an interesting battle. I would almost think that that's going to be a, a low-scoring game, but I'll watch them make liars out of me, and it'll be like a 7-6 to six game. So we'll see. But a couple good games for the games of the week this week. No doubt about it. It's time to uh, move into our final thoughts section. Um, guys, we're going to discuss two divisions. It seems to be the topic that everybody wants to talk about. And um, I'll go ahead and leave it out there. Um, Bill or Bill Jr. Um, Bill, I know you've always got something to say about this topic. We were both named Bill. <laughs> I didn't call you Junior. Okay, Senior. Oh. Okay, I, uh, yeah, okay. Um, let's let's start with uh, what do they usually do on these kind of things? You know, winners and losers from the two division format. Um. Look at a, at a at an instant winner who who planned things appropriately. Uh, Fond du Lac St. Mary's Springs uh, last year. Fond du Lac St. Mary's Springs was a co-op with uh, St. Mary's Springs, Campbellsport, Kewaskum, Lomira, North Fond du Lac, and Oakfield. Add up all of those schools, and you have a huge student population. Uh, look at how many hockey players they provided. It was probably like one or two each at most. Um, so St. Mary's Springs jettisoned the co-op, and this year they are just St. Mary's Springs, and as such, they are a small school. Had they kept their co-op, they'd have been a large school. Uh, the Campbellsport, Kewaskamo, Myerforth, and okay, those pretty much got split up between Fond du Lac and Oshkosh. Um, Oshkosh, not really a strong program, but their co-op with, you know, Oshkosh North and Oshkosh West and uh, Ripon, and they're already big enough that they're going to be Division One regardless. Um, they're a fledgling hockey program, but large co-op base, so they're Division One. Um, you look at another program that's, um, you know, Tiny, tiny populations. You're talking Barron, Shatek, Cumberland, Shell Lake, and Spooner. Uh, they play under the banner of the Northwest Iceman. Um, you know, typically not one of your stronger programs. Last year in, in the final rankings, uh, they came in like 80 out of 89. But add up all the populations of those schools, they're a big school. Um, you know, it, it, that's how the WIAA does things. They they, they they base it strictly on, on you know, 
student enrollment. Um, I don't know. I don't know what other criteria they could use. Um, but in the case for hockey this year, when you look at the teams that are in Division One, the teams that are in Division Two, the way they, it, there's not a whole lot of people that are real happy with um, the final product that the WIA put out. Uh, I know there are, there are some of the you know smaller schools probably are, but overall, um, I've heard it call a lot of things, and none of them were excellent job. No, they 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 started with the idea of doing the right thing, and then once they got that idea, they did everything wrong. Because if as they've been saying for years, the goal of two divisions is to increase opportunities but they didn't do that because it's still an eight team boys tournament it was eight teams before it's eight now now it's just split up differently they didn't increase opportunity they didn't increase anything um the losers in this are everybody in division one um just I, i'm gonna love when it gets to seeding time to see eau claire memorial eau claire north hudson stevens point and wausau west all playing in the same section it's gonna be amazing um I mean, that could very well be, that sectional final could be the state championship if you look at the history of the last several years. Um, it's 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 just bad to me. Um, I mean, yes, basing it on population is, is fine to start. I would like to see this across all the sports where the WI does something like they do in international soccer with promotion and relegation. If you're real bad, you drop down a division. If you're real good, you go up. You know, that would make it harder to schedule if you want to schedule within your division, but that's fine. But overall, I mean, the WIA started with the right idea. Two divisions in boys hockey, and then from there on, they just kind of fouled it up. All right, and what, what the coaches, this started with, with the coaches' association, and what they had proposed was, you know, eight teams for Division One and four teams for Division Two. And the WIA said, well, no, we can't do that. You know, we always do four and four, which is a lie because there are plenty of uh, sports. Well, not plenty. There are several sports out there where they do an eight-team division one and then four teams for each of the smaller divisions. It's not unheard of. Um, they also said, well, it would be a scheduling nightmare because, you know, we got to do the girls then too. Well, they don't do that with other sports either. Um, they do the boys and the girls tournaments separately. The WIA, all of the excuses the WIA came up with that this has to be four and four could easily have been avoided had they wanted to do that. Anything is possible if you go in there with the attitude as, well, let's try this. If you go in the attitude of, no, we can't do that, then this is what you end up with. You end up with a mess. I think they don't want to deal with hockey as much as they have to. That's just my personal feeling on it. Because um, of making it four. Four teams for the boys, Division One, Division Two, then the girls, and then when they set it up at state, I mean, you, you're not getting that many games, if I remember correctly. I mean, is it like Thursday we have what do we usually have? Four boys games. Friday we usually have two girls games in the you know start late morning, and then uh, the evening session has two boys games, and then you have the championship games on Saturday. Now, I believe, isn't it this year that there's a difference in the way this is run on Friday? This year, you're going to have the Division II boys play on 
Thursday morning, the early session. Girls will be played Thursday night. The boys' Division One will be played Friday night. At 9.30 Saturday morning, the Division Two boys will play, followed by the girls, followed by the boys' Division One. When you add up all the games, you end up with one less game than what you had last year at, at being played that week. But you look at they also don't get the gate there for the early uh, Friday session because that's been eliminated. Correct. There's there's one fewer games and one fewer sessions. Last year there were, yeah, the two sessions on Thursday, the two sessions on Friday, then the championship session on Saturday. So they will lose one, yes, one session of gate. And will that be, they, uh, it's not going to be made up by increased attendance on uh, Saturday for the championships. No, absolutely not. You know, you're talking about winners and losers. One of the losers in this was uh, Milton, the Red Hawks. They've got a, a co-op team. They have added, they have one player from Fort Atkinson, one player who's an okay player, I guess, is what I'm hearing. But they took they, had, they took all that whole enrollment from Fort Atkinson and added that on to what Milton has and called it a uh, Division One team. Going to put them in the same sectional as in USM and all the other big boys. Well, we talked about we've talked about state tournament for many years. Uh, change of venue, not everybody. Well, actually, most people are not completely happy with the Clamshell, the Alliant Energy Center. There's got to be a place they can put it. Then we're talking about divi- two divisions and burglar. This was back from when we first started. I know that the big talk was if we got to 96 teams, then we'll go to two. We'll have 64 in Division One and 32 in Division Two. Never got there. I think the closest we got was like 93 or something like that, and it's regressed down now to 83 so i mean we're going the wrong way and also talk about the consolation games but nobody wants to do that because apparently the other sports don't have that so hockey can't have it either so i mean there's a lot of things that um we would like to see but you know we're not in charge and i guess it is what it is yeah i think we topped out at 93 and then Oconomowoc joined Kettle Moraine McQuanico, and that dropped it down to 92. And then every year since then, we've had another couple of teams joining up or falling out completely. Um, DeForest Point at Lodi didn't have a team a couple of years ago. Um, you know, they but I think they're back now. But there were there was a year there they didn't have a team, and the, the number just keeps going down. Yeah, we lost Stevens Point Pacelli this season. How many years ago has it been since we lost Milwaukee Pius? weren't they they were weren't they a co-op with a Catholic Memorial? Yeah, they were probably six eight years ago, I want to say. But I mean, I remember when Kale Palatowski and I think Mako coached them as well back in like the mid two thousands. And they they always did pretty well. They 
you know, end up their year with 14, 15 wins and they had a pretty good program. And then it just, I don't know. I, I think ever since like maybe uh, probably nine, 10 years ago, things have just been kind of slowly dying off for, you know, a variety of reasons. People can't afford to do it anymore. Um, the, the cost is getting prohibitive. Um, I don't know. I talked to somebody. They said, you know, it just seems like the, the athletic directors, too, are just, you know, hockey's kind of a, a, a weak stepsister, and they really don't put much thought or care into it. And, I mean, that definitely doesn't help our, our game either. So, I mean, there's a lot of bad things, um, a lot of good things, too, but, you know, we always hope that it could be better. I believe we're down to 83 teams. Yeah, I think my my note says 51 in Division One and 32 in Division Two. If they wanted to make that lower division and even 32 teams, so they could have four eights. So, and that makes sense. But, um, and you know, we had a lot of hubbub early in the year when people found out who was going to go where, and um, burglar probably one of the big surprises to a lot of people, but. The way it was explained makes sense is superior in Division Two. Well, I mean, I say this that this is all based on you know, you know, student enrollment, and Superior has gone down. I hate to say it, but it's gone down steadily since I graduated. I mean, it's just like, it's just been a, a spiraling downward trend since I left town. Um, <laughs> but I mean, they, they're a small school. They're, they're one of the smaller schools. Now they, the small schools or any school had the option to opt up. Um, I believe Notre Dame opted up university school opted to play in division one um, every, any school had the option to do that. Uh, Superior decided they would just, you know, let the chips fall where they may, wherever the WIA put them, that's where they would go. Um, you know, and I went, we, we, we went through this, not in, 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 in hockey, but in football when, when we lived in Antigo. Um, uh, when, when they started the, the, the football state championships, I think Anago and D.C. Everest split like the first five or six state championships. Um, that was when, you know, all division one. And then, you know, Everest stayed strong for a while. Anago slipped a little bit. And by the time Anago got back up, um, back up there to making the playoffs again, uh, they had expanded the playoffs into more divisions. And it's like, and all of a sudden Anago's in there and they're at, they're at division two because of the size and it's like they were all up in arms, you know, like we should be division one, we should be division one. Well, they lost in their second game anyway, so it didn't make any difference. But I mean population size just dictates that kind of stuff. Um same thing happened some of the schools up north when um the they rearranged the Wisconsin Valley Conference and created the Great Northern. Um there were a lot of supporters uh you know uh, moneyed supporters for like Rhinelander that wanted to keep Rhinelander in the Wisconsin Valley Conference and they said if you guys leave the Wisconsin Valley Conference we're not going to donate money anymore 
So if you recall that first year of the Great Northern Conference, Merrill was in the Great Northern Conference and Rhinelander stayed in the Wisconsin Valley Conference. And if you look at the Great Northern, all those schools are around Rhinelander. It's like Rhinelander's right in the middle of it, and your farthest trip is like, you know, 45 miles down to Antigo. They stayed in the, the Wisconsin Valley Conference where their closest opponent was in Wausau. Um, then they stood to go to Stevens Point and Marshfield and Wisconsin Rapids. Uh, after one year, they said, that was really a bad idea. Can we just join the Wisconsin or the Great Northern Conference? And they did. And Merrill got sent into the, back into the Wisconsin Valley Conference. But, you know, everybody wants to play in the, the, the higher division, do this. But like when you're, when you're, when your size declines, your school declines, I mean, you look at, you just got done talking about, you know, the, Section one in the division one with Eau Claire, North Eau Claire Memorial, Hudson, Stevens Point, uh, Wausau West, uh, Superior. You know, <laughs> I'm kind of glad we don't have to play in that division in that section. You know, they're they're going to go up against, uh, you know, Hayward and New Richmond and and Rice Lake and and, you know, take their chances there. That was kind of long winded. Roundabout. No, but I mean, it made a lot of sense, and I think <laughs> for well, come on, sense. come on, burglar, you make sense. Um, you know, they they talk about the the school enrollment and the that's how they base their 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 uh, divisions, but um, sometimes you know you have to look at at youth programs too, but I, I, I just suppose that there's no way they can possibly do that. No, you don't. Yeah, not not if you're the WIAA. Add up the schools, add up the numbers. There you go. That's all there is. Yet you look, yet you look at Superior. How many how many Division two schools does Superior play during this season? Maybe New. Do they play New Richmond? You see, you see what I'm getting at. They're going to probably play in almost all Division one schedule, but Division two in the playoffs. All right. Well, at the same time, then. They're going to play the majority of their games against the Minnesota teams. Right. Well, that's the majority, probably about half. So, you, you know, and, you know, this is something that, you know, some of the coaches, as they look at, you know, they're still going to play the hardest schedules that they can play, most of the coaches, because they want to see their team improve. But, you know, the, the other, thing, other argument is, is you look at, like, RWD, people's – for years, I you always heard, well, look at how hard their schedule is. Their schedule's so weak. Well, as their teams improved, they've been able to get harder teams to play. But, you know, when you're a weak team and somebody says, well, you, you played a weak schedule, and but it goes back, what are you able to schedule? Because if, if, you're, if you're not a somebody that's going to give that other team competition, they don't want to play you. And so, it, you know, it's a catch-22. How do you play tougher teams? Well, you can't play them if they if they won't put you on your schedule till you prove that you're going to be able to compete. And, you know, and, and there's not much you can do about it, and that that really has no no say so on this division one, division two, and you know it's what we it's the cards we've been dealt, and we'll make the best of it, just as the coaches and players will this year, and see how it works. 
It's going to be interesting. Didn't the WIA said they're going to do this for two years and then take a look at it again? I, I mean, I, I, think that's, I think that this was listed as a test thing. Yes, but like, like Dell said, you know, it's well, yeah, it's going to take a while for the whole Division One, Division Two thing. I mean, there are contracts, you know, that teams have had, you know, to play each other. They generally do two-year things. Like we just saw the 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 tournament that Trasher somehow didn't go to um, over in Eau Claire, you know, traditionally, and you know, it's the the four the the tougher teams in the state usually start out there. Um, you know, Notre Dame, Southwest, West, Oakland Memorial, and Superior. Right. Yeah, Superior is now lower division for playoff purposes, but they were still, you know, over there playing those other teams. Um, they lost both games, but uh, that's, you know, it, it's going to, I don't know, it, it's going to take a while for the whole two-division thing to, to catch on, if it does catch on, if, if this is how they leave it, but... Um, yeah, until until at least for this year, I think teams still have a lot of existing contracts where they're still going to play the same teams. Well, we'll I'm sure this will be a subject that we touch on a lot during the season, and especially when it gets close to playoff time. We mentioned that and- uh, USM, Notre Dame, and Madison Edgewood are all playing up this year. So I started looking through the WIA's school finder um, looking at the enrollments for all the teams in Division 1 and the two biggest teams in Division 1 um, I still have two left to go through but I can't imagine West Salem Bangor is going to break into the list um, the two biggest teams in Division 1 are Superior and Wanakee. Um so if those three teams didn't opt to play up Superior and Wanakee would be Division 1 teams Oh, you mean the biggest teams in Division Two are superior? And... Yes, sorry. Okay. The biggest teams in Division Two are okay. Superior and Wanakee, both above thirteen hundred. Uh, they're the only two programs in in Division Two above thirteen hundred. So, so if if USM and Notre Dame hadn't have gone up, then Superior and Wanakee would be. Yes. Division One. Yep. It's interesting. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm sure, like I said, we'll talk about this more as the season goes on. So anything else you guys got to get off your chest tonight? Well, as well, as a consequence of this whole two-division malarkey, uh, we did not feel that ranking, and this has been, since we started doing the girls' top ten, this has really been an ongoing conversation. Ranking ten teams out of 32 in boys' division two does not make sense. Just like ranking 10 teams out of how many girls teams are there this year? About the same. Yeah. About the same. About 32. Yeah, girls about 32. It just doesn't make sense. You're ranking a third of the state. Um, so this year we have changed all of the top 10s to a top 6. Um, Actually, guys, there's 28 girls teams. So, yeah, we've changed all three top 10s to top 6s. Uh, 18 teams will be ranked every week. Uh, there will be still be honorable mentions if ties should occur or you know there's extra votes coming in but we've changed the top 10 to a top six which will take getting used to for everybody okay 
Okay, Michael, do you have anything you wanted to say? Nope, I was just nodding my head at Bill because uh, that's pretty much what I was going to talk about. And yeah, I mean, it seems weird to have uh, not have top tens, but yeah, I mean, you know, historically on a, a 27 or 28 or 30, 30 team program, it's hard to always get 10 really good teams. I, I think we had some issues where nine and 10 were like 500 teams and a top 10 team probably shouldn't be a 500 team. So um, just the way it is, top six will be pretty competitive and uh, I'm sure there will be a lot of trash talk for those on the outside and hoping to get on the inside and um, burglar, you can uh, get your guys over at SE to get that uh, graphic turned into a top six and be much better than the one I had. It's, it's been done for a while. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a top six now. And we have, I mean, that's not just something we didn't just make it up. I mean, we have empirical data to back that up. Um, If you, if you took, (laughs) if you took the top, then this is no offense to the teams that are at the bottom of the top 10. If you took the top 10 for the girls for the last six years and compared the top five teams versus five or versus six through 10, compare their records head to head, it would be, it would be very one-sided for the top five. But if you did the same thing in the boys top 10, which was a sample of, you know, most of the time, like 88 teams, not 32, um, the difference between the top five and six through 10 wasn't that stark. So going to six with the smaller number of teams in each division just makes sense where we were not going to have the difference between one and 10 being quite so lopsided uh, among the ranked teams. So in other words, junior, what you're saying is, is we're not apologizing. I'm not. Okay. I was just, I was just hoping. Go ahead. Let's all talk at once. Okay, let's talk at once. I just wondered if we're sending all of our complaints to MJ this year instead of Trasher. No, MJ doesn't check his email often enough. Boy, you're right about that. I'm and still I, trying to, I'm still trying to put together this house here, folks. I mean, it's a work in progress since August. And, uh, yeah, like you got what? those green walls. You better paint them. Yeah, this is this is the spare room. Yeah, MJ. This is MJ found his podcast headset about thirty minutes before we started recording, <laughs> uh, even though we were supposed to record last week. So. Hey, better late than never, right? And, Junior, I'm just uh, hoping that you can pass along the meaning of the word empirical. That got something to do with the evil empire? No, but I'll let you look no. it up. I'll let you Google it. Thank you. Okay. All right, guys, anything else? Okay, sounds good to me. Well, did the best we could this week. want to thank Brianna Seibel for joining the show for a little while. So for Berg Sr., Berg Jr., Delmar, Trasher, I'm Mike Hammett. We'll see you next week on This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.